something that a lot of people are buzzing about, reducing carbon emissions. It's good for everyone. But how do we reduce emissions while also meeting our world's increasing energy needs? Using propane is an excellent way to reduce emissions while meeting energy needs today. Propane is a clean, non-toxic energy source that helps reduce carbon emissions right now. In fact, propane's carbon intensity score in Minnesota is only 80. Grid electricity in Minnesota, including wind and solar, has a much higher carbon intensity score of 136. Who knew that using propane was that much cleaner than electricity? Plus, the abundance of propane and growth of renewable propane means it can be used for generations to come. Millions of Americans rely on propane to heat their homes and businesses, fuel vehicles on road and off, and much more making propane the right energy right now. Find out more about what propane can do for you and the environment by going to propane.com. John, uh, what I understand is that you will do anything to get out of mowing the lawn. (laughs) Jim, you're correct. If it takes COVID to get out of mowing the lawn and make my wife do it, it's clear Current evidence shows that that will happen, and that's the case. Um, yeah, I've been down flat on my back since Sunday with COVID. You know, I'm completely vaxxed, completely boosted, which I'm completely grateful for. Um, you know, when a million people have more than a million people have died from this in, in our, this country alone, I really have a sense of that now. You know, I think before I tested positive, I think I was like most of us, hey, it's over, you know, we're past it. Um, if people still want to wear a mask, great. I, 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 I'm going to be flying later this summer. I was, I'm going to wear a mask, you know, if, even if I hadn't had COVID, but boy, this thing slapped me hard, Jim. Um, I, had, I hadn't felt good last week. I was at state tournaments in, in boys tennis, softball and track kind of had that feeling of, uh, I'm catching a cold. I have a, I was joking with my wife last week. I was getting this sore throat. I was almost getting to that very white stage of, of a sore throat with a deep voice. I was kind of joking about it. And then it was starting to feel like I was losing my voice. And I think I was, and kind of stumbled through the last few days of the tournaments last week. Didn't feel good. No energy. Um, and, uh, Came home uh, Friday from the state track meet, suspected, is this COVID? And we had some at-home tests that we had ordered. Took a took a test Friday night. It was negative. Big relief. Okay, good. Well, it's just I'm catching a cold. And uh, Saturday, didn't spend the entire day at the state track meet at St. Michael. I, I just couldn't. I didn't feel very well. Came home. I went to bed. I don't even know if I ate Saturday night and uh, woke up Sunday morning feeling just as like the worst cold I'd ever had. My head was full of concrete. It was hard to take a good breath. Body aches. Um, I don't know if I ever had a fever. If I did, it was early Sunday, Monday, but took another COVID test Sunday morning. Uh, I get the two bars. It's positive. And and that's when everything changed. You know, that was uh, that was a real blow. Um, I, I know people I grew up with who've, who've died from this. I, I, you know, I've heard lots of stories of lots of people who, you know, didn't survive this. Most of them unvaccinated, of course, but 
yeah, it's a ser- it's serious business. Now the downside is I'm not at any tournaments this week. If this if this had waited one week, I would have been in the clear because this is the final week of uh, state tournaments right now. And uh, but I'm not going to endanger anybody else's health by by showing up because uh, I'm I, I had a, a online visit with a doctor uh, who told me I've got to quarantine for the full ten days. This is not a five day situation, you know. And I'm I'm in a I'm in a danger group. I'm 63 years old. I'm diabetic. I, I've got some risks here, and I'm not messing with this. And I'm especially not going to mess with with anybody else uh, getting exposed. So. Um, you know, our 40th anniversary is going to be memorable. That's for sure. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> and it's funny. Um, all three of our kids, they're all in their 30s. And our two little toddler grandkids, they've all had COVID. And the kids, because the little kids, the grandkids, you know, they haven't been able to get vaccinated. I think that's going to happen shortly. And they got it at daycare. Um, and that's fine. But, you know, um, I've gotten good advice from them, and, and my daughter-in-law is uh, is a doctor. Uh, she doesn't specifically work in this area, but she she knows enough. So the advice was rest, 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 rest. That was the main thing, including the doctor I talked to online. She she said, don't put the dishes away, don't clean up around the house, don't do anything. And she didn't say don't mow the lawn, but I, I would never have had the energy for that anyway. And and gave me a prescription for Paxlovid, which is kind of meant for people in my situation. It's it's an oral treatment. I take three pills twice a day for five days. I'm about halfway through that. And I do feel better. I absolutely, compared to, you know, we're talking here early Thursday afternoon, I am so much better than Sunday. Monday was the worst of it. And I thought if this ticks down one more notch, I could end up in the hospital. It was hard to draw a good breath. I, it, I don't think it ever really seriously got into my my lungs again because of vaccinations and boosters. I'm sure, but I can't imagine what it must what it must have been like and is like for people dealing with this thing. Once it gets into your lungs, you know that's the danger zone. I never lost my sense of taste. I never lost my sense of smell. This thing absolutely killed my appetite. I think I know I've lost 10 pounds, maybe 15 in, you know, less than a week. But and I haven't been hungry. Now, just today, I I had a I I did eat a little bit of breakfast and my wife was going to heat up some soup she made about an hour ago, about noon here. And she didn't even ask me. She just assumed there's no way I'm, I'm, I'm hungry again. But uh, I said, hey, go ahead and heat up a bowl for me. And I did eat a bowl of soup. So maybe that's coming around. I am definitely feeling better. Now, you know, I'm not worried about, you know, long-term, long-haul COVID. I don't know. I hope not. I think I'm in great hands. Um, gotten good care here medically and, and personally. And I, I feel bad I ruined our anniversary. Uh, but my wife and I, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll take a trip here at some point this summer. I, I, I feel bad about missing this week's tournaments. This is a great week because it's the last week of the entire school year. And, um, you know, the, uh, my presence is not vital. It's not necessary. I, I, I'm kind of a hanger on. I like to see people and tell stories. And I'll tell you, Jim, the first thing I did when I tested positive, I started alerting people I knew I had been in contact with. And since I tested negative Friday, I'm I'm no doctor, but I'm assuming up to that point, I couldn't have infected anybody. I don't know that. I tested negative. But 
Saturday. You know, I didn't test positive till Sunday morning. So I immediately sent a mass email to everybody in our office because I had seen a lot of those folks at the three tournaments last week. I, I started texting people. I sent Facebook messages to officials in different sports, to workers at all of our tournaments, as many of them as I could. You know, just other people, just friends who I thought I possibly may have had contact with. With, I sure hope I didn't pass this along to anybody. I've heard in our office, nobody has come down with anything. Um, there, there's just no way of knowing how I got this. And, and that's immaterial to me. I, I, you know, I have it. I'm, I'm getting over it. I'm being treated for it. Um, and, you know, hey, slap in the face sometimes wakes you up. And not that I wasn't, not that, you know, I wasn't being careful, but I never gave it a thought. It, it was, these were largely outdoor tournaments. And the only indoor one was boys tennis, but that's not a giant crowd. I did, you know, interact with lots of people. I'm guessing over over five or six days of tournaments last week, I may have had face-to-face conversations with, I don't know, 150 people, 200 people, you know, mostly people I know. But sometimes people will come up to me at tournaments and they just want to say, hi, are you John? And and we have a nice chat. So I feel bad if uh, – Anybody came down with this and they got it for me. I mean, we'll never know. It's just, it's just a strange deal. But yeah, Jim, how's your week been? This has been quite a ride for me. <laughs> What's new with you? Well, I moved, and there aren't many things I like less than moving. But I, I had a better week than you. I will say that. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I'm glad. I'm glad you made you made the move. <laughs> we will talk about tournaments. I have a couple follow ups for John. We do want to introduce the show. This is Preps Today with John Malay. He is John Malay. I uh, hope he feels better soon. Uh, this is part of TalkNorth.com. We've added a bunch of new shows. We now have up to four hockey shows on the bench with the Payday guys and uh, in the Pross Box with the Prosser brothers, uh, Dave Lee, Mike Grimm, tons of people adding to our, our content at this point, outdoor content. Our producers, Brianne Burdett, and you can find all the shows at TalkNorth.com. We do recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. And thanks to Pizza Barn in Princeton and use propane. We highly recommend using propane. Uh, before we get to the uh, turn talk i just want to say a couple things following up here first of all you're gonna really your next 40th anniversary you're really gonna have to make things up to your wife that's it when we get to 80 years we're gonna we're gonna do it big baby yeah <laughs> the other thing you know i really think that i've i've i have so many colleagues so many friends in our business across the country who've gotten covid recent relatively recently and i think I think we all let our guard down to a certain extent. And we also started going back to work. And frankly, we started working around athletes who aren't all vaccinated and some of whom won't wear masks, even if they're unvaccinated. Uh, and like, I know the women's final four, I was one of the few people in that room who didn't get COVID because you, you let up a little bit and this thing can bite you. Yeah, it really can. And, and like I said, I don't know where this came from. It could have been I, somebody I crossed paths was in the grocery store. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's one thing I've thought about though, is boy, you know, back when this whole thing started, March of 2020, when the high school league shut down the state basketball tournaments, shut down spring sports that year. And, and that was across the board all over the country. These things stopped. I never questioned whether that was the right thing to do. I, the phrase I always used with people then and since is, would you rather be too careful or not careful enough? You have to, you have to err on the side of being too careful. 
And that's those decisions saved lives. I, I, I have no doubt, knowing how this, just in my little head here, how this affected me, Back then, no, nobody knew what this was, vaccines. Nobody knew what those were. Um, those decisions, you know, the sports world, the schools, everything shut down. And it's been extremely difficult, especially kids out of school. But th- those things saved lives. And, and that's really, really hit me that uh, that those decisions were right. You know, and I've only heard from one person on Twitter who suggested horse dewormer as a treatment for this. So that says a lot about Twitter, one out of however many followers I have. And I, I kind of mocked that person, not 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 by name on Twitter, but I mentioned only, only one person had recommended horse dewormer. And then a couple of others were mad at me for <clears throat> for mocking science. Hey, real doctors say that's a good treatment. Well, no, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> I'm not going to get into a Twitter debate about COVID treatments while I've got COVID, but um, I feel like I've got a little personal experience now. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I talked to our friend Pat Royce this morning on another topic, but he's had it. And, and you know, just a lot of, a lot of people we know have had it. And uh, I never would have guessed I would be one. And, and if, you know, like I said, um, a week, if, if whatever hit me had hit me a week later, uh, I, I wouldn't be missing any tournaments. It, it, I'd be kind of getting into summer mode and I'm just starting summer a week early and flat on my back here. I'm spending, I'm better today. I'm not going to spend 95% of my day in bed today. I'm, I got more energy, but this thing is nothing to mess with. So I'm just dub, tri, double, triply grateful for these vaccines and boosters and all the smart people who who uh, recommended all these things and encouraged all these things. And hey, the same week I got I got it, Dr. Fauci got it. So I, I'm in pretty good company here, Jim. You are in very good company. And by the <laughs> way, when, when John Malay tells you that something takes his energy away, that means something. John drives all over the state, does uh, – keeps a remarkable, I mean, regardless of the quality of the work, which is great, just the sheer effort you put into your job is, is remarkable and shames me. So I'm, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you're starting to, down the road of feeling better. Hey, uh, before we get to actually talking about the tournaments that you didn't get to cover, uh, tell me about pizza barn real quick. Yeah, it's funny. I got a, I got a text from a friend of mine uh, who does not live in the Twin Cities who knew I was sick and and, and wondered if if this if he could uh, order a pizza to be delivered to our house, Aww. and <laughs> which was very sweet. I I thanked him profusely. I said, "No, I'm in great hands here." Um, but boy, if uh, yeah, I, I don't want I don't want Jody stay at the pizza bar to take me seriously. But boy, if I could get my hands on a something from the pizza bar, and that that would be great. Um, uh, if that food truck were parked outside my house, hey, that'd be something, wouldn't it? But no, Jody, calm down. I'm not. I don't do that. Um, but that food truck has been all over. It's really busy now. There's if you go to the Pizza Barn Food Truck Facebook page, the food truck has its own has its own Facebook page. You can see what it's doing, and it's doing a lot of private events right now. And that means if you have a private event, uh, anything going on in the summer with family or business or any kind of gathering. Uh, and there's a second food truck that's going to be up and running in a matter of days here. Uh, just make it super easy by uh, bringing the pizza, uh, one of the Pizza Barn food trucks in. Go to their website, pizzabarnprinceton.com. You can send them a note. 
Jody will get back to you with all the details you need. And of course, the Pizza Barn itself in downtown Princeton has a large menu with everything you'd want for lunch, dinner, in-person dining, take and bake, delivery, they cater. And it's cabin time. So if you're going up or up or back on 169, just take that exit into downtown Princeton, go to the Pizza Barn. Uh, You'll love it. It's a family-owned business. Uh, They're closing in on 40 years. A great community asset for Princeton and well beyond. Great time to use propane as well. If you can't order a Pizza Barn Princeton, go out and grill and use the propane. We do appreciate propane sponsoring the program. All right, tell me about the tournaments. Yeah, last week was really fun, Jim. Despite uh, my physical status, uh, we wrapped up the softball season in North Mankato with the state tournament. The track and field state meet was at St. Michael Albertville. The weather was really good. Um, Competition was outstanding. There were some really strong efforts. And and as I said, this week now, uh, we're putting a bow on the school year. We've got state tournaments going in baseball, golf, and lacrosse. The baseball state championship games, they're set for Friday at Target Field. And that's always a big deal. I wish I could be there, but they can certainly proceed without me i can watch you anybody can watch all these all these uh games online uh prep spotlight mn um uh, there's been there's been a lot of highlights uh, of these spring tournaments. I'm just going to mention a few. At the Class 3A state track meet, uh, an athlete, a multi-sport athlete from Forest Lake, Daniel Van Acker, he won the a Class 3A state wrestling title over the winter at 152 pounds. And Saturday, he went out and ran the 1,600 meters in Class 3A and won a state title in, in track. Uh, that's a multi-sport athlete, a state champion wrestling and track. That is super rare unless maybe it's a heavyweight wrestler and a shot putter. But uh, Dan's going to run at the University of Minnesota. We had one all-time state record set at the state track meet, uh, Ava Fitzgerald from Roseville in the girls' 100-meter hurdles in Class 3A. She ran a winning time of 13.81 seconds. The previous record was 13.94 from uh, the, the 2016 state prelims, Karina Joyner of Eastridge. And I think the highlight of the state track meet, Jim, for anybody who was there on Saturday and I was there for this. We recognized athletes, coaches from the very first girls' state track meet 50 years ago, 1972. Uh, they had we had kind of a reception in a tent out, uh, outside the track. Everybody got matching T-shirts that said "A Meet of Our Own," kind of a takeoff on a league of our own. And then, and there were lots of other Title IX pioneers uh, honored at that. It was really great. We had. They had cakes and candles and flowers. The original trophy from the 1972 girls' state track meet, which was held at St. Cloud Apollo. Uh, That was really fun. If you go to the MSHSL Facebook page, there's some photos uh, from that there. Uh, And like I said, we're going to have some really great baseball championship matchups at Target Field. Uh, I'm a small-town guy. The the two smaller classes, this is really, really fun. In Class A, Hayfield and Randolph will meet for the title. They're in the same conference. They're in the Gopher Conference, uh, Southern Minnesota schools. Uh, It's going to be a a great title matchup in Class A. And in Double A, it's going to be Rozo from the Canadian border versus Fairmont, which is right, which is six miles from the Iowa border. Good thing we're not making one of those teams travel to the other because you can't get much farther away than that. 
And I want to mention uh, one story I wrote from the boys' state tennis tournament. The Rock Ridge boys' tennis team, and that's a co-op team with kids from Virginia, Eveleth, and Gilbert. Uh, the, the, the coaches are two brothers, Jace and Evan Friedlieb. And their mom, Linda, I learned at the tournament, she was there. She was part, speaking of history, she was part of the very first girls' tennis state championship doubles team in 1974 uh, from Virginia High School. And we've had my friend Hal Miller on the podcast before, Hal from Wilmer. He's been he's been vital to, to state tennis tournaments. He's a former tennis coach. He's been helping run these tournaments for, for more than 30 years. And Linda had approached the head table at the tournament, began chatting with Hal. She just had a basic question. She said, hey, I was in the first state tournament in 1974, and I'm trying to remember where that was held. It was in the Twin Cities somewhere. Hal didn't know. I arrived soon after. I didn't know. But Hal's, you know, Hal's got that look in his eye. John, there's a great story here. And he starts to tell me Linda was part of the first championship doubles team from the first state tournament. So I sat down with Linda. Uh, it was re- really fun. Met, met her husband, Gary. They went to high school together. They've been married 40 years, just like my wife and I. But uh, it's it's a great Title IX story. Go to mshsl.org. Uh, scroll down to John's journal. Read about uh, Linda from Virginia. It's just, you know, it, it, she and her and her doubles partner played a played a pair of girls from Edina in the state championship match. And the Edina kids had matching tennis uniforms in the school colors. The two girls from Virginia, Minnesota wore T-shirts and cut-off shorts, cut-off blue jean shorts. That Those were their uniforms. And the, it was the first year they had a team. So just really some amazing memories. Really good stuff. Really good stuff, John. Uh, let's now let's thank a ref as we always do. By the way, my dogs might be going nuts right now. They're just okay. doing a new house. Uh, yeah. So tell let's let's thank a ref. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to take a moment here as we're wrapping up the year. Just a big thank you to all the officials and judges who work so hard to make sure high school sports and activities happen. We always need more officials. And another John's Journal story I wrote last week uh, kind of is along that track. I, I got an email from a younger a younger track and field official named Jen Myers. She's fairly new. I think this is her second year. She graduated from high school in Renville, Minnesota in 1999. Ran at state all four years in track. Uh, was, was a track athlete at St. Ben's. And she remembered the person who was the starter at state the four years she was there, Dan Dornfeld, who's a good friend of mine. Uh, uh, just he's been he's been a starter at state track and cross country for years. He's kind of he's kind of slowing down a little bit and retiring now, uh, but he's still out there. I like to see him at meets. He's a great guy. So she remembered him, and and two or three years ago, I think she told me it was in 2020. She was at a Mayak meet, and she, she had coached on the high school level. She she's a professor at Concordia University in St. Paul now. And she just approached him and, and introduced herself and thanks Dan for all the work he's done over the years. She, she told me how calm he was as a starter, just made sure everybody was ready. A very patient man, very soft-spoken. He's a great starter. And one of the first things Dan said is, hey, we got to get you involved in officiating. So she, she got set up. She's certified. 
she was one of the officials at the state track meet, and, and so was Dan. So, again, go to mshsl.org, John's Journal. You can read about uh, Jen Myers and Dan Dornfeld. There's a couple of pictures there. And uh, if anybody's thinking now as the school year ends, you'd like to be involved starting next school year, uh, you know, send me an email, jmillea at mshsl.org. Go to mshsl.org. And, and click on officials. We can get you set up. We're always needing more officials, and, and we'd love to have you. Another one of our set pieces that's so important to get to every week, the most valuable teammate. Yeah, this great weekly award. We're starting to wrap it up here. I think we'll have a few more here, Jim, before the school year's uh, in, the, in the box here. But the latest most valuable teammate is Trent Witts Jr. He's a seventh grader who plays baseball at Minneapolis North. And even though he's the youngest member of the team, he makes a major impact. He's the first one off the bench to cheer on his teammates. He's helping build the baseball culture at North. He's always positive and encouraging. His positive attitude is contagious. Speaking of contagious, uh, I've got COVID and, and Trent Witz's uh, attitude is contagious. So congrats to Trent Witz Jr. of Minneapolis North on being this week's most valuable teammate. Great stuff as always, John. I hope we, I'm glad you're feeling better. I hope you recover quickly. Don't take any uh, any worm medicine. That's my <laughs> general advice. life advice to everyone yes. <laughs> I meet in any walk of life. Uh, hey, thanks to Pizza Barn. Use propane. Thanks to our producer, Brianne Burdett. Again, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Anything else you want to add today, John? No, Jim. Just uh, everybody, thanks for a great year. Um, it's so much fun being in this world of high school activities. And, and I talked about meeting so many people and having so many friends. That's the best part of this job. I hope everybody's healthy. I hope I didn't get anybody sick. Um, and I'll be back. It's it's it's. Uh, I am feeling quite a bit better than a few days ago. Um, I think my ten day quarantine will be up early next week, and uh, and then we'll we'll go from there. All right, man. Hang in there. Thanks for your work. Thanks for sticking through all this. And thanks for doing the show this week, even when you're sick. Hey, and thanks to everyone who listens to talkdork.com. We do appreciate it.